Back to the iHealth channel, FinFab channel, and iHealth Radio. Hurricane Age here, another talk show, another guest, another good stuff for you. Uh, a lot of information this week. Uh, and the topic has been uh, health, wellness, um, different ways to cope with these things, and also uh, folks that have written books about real stories. Uh, last night we had a similar guest, and today I have Debbie Emick with me all the way from Colorado, a lot of snow. <laughs> we think we have it bad, they have it worse. And, uh, you know, we're in Jersey. So, uh, uh, but really today we'll be talking about her journey. And um, Debbie also has a book it's called The Actual Other Side of Perfect. And, uh, you know, uh, obviously it's, you know, available on Amazon, I think eBay and a few other platforms. And I'll, I'll give you the chance to tell us where we can go get it. Uh, but really Debbie's going to talk to us about her story and, her illnesses and how she was able to um, overcome all that and not only overcome it, but really take it to the next level and share her story and her motivation and inspiration with, with everybody else. So tonight is gonna to be an interesting, a very, very uh, motivational piece of, of information that we all can use in our lives because today we're healthy and never know when things happen and then how you cope with it. So again, that being said, I'll turn it back to Debbie. Debbie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, well, I'm just so grateful to be here and have this lovely conversation with you. Thank you so much for giving me the chance. Um, yeah, so about uh, 10 years ago, I started navigating these like winding roads of autoimmune diagnosis and um, treatment. And so for a while, that meant I gave away my power to people with MD after their name, right? Looking for um, diagnosis and then uh, seeking some sort of validation from that. And at one point I found myself on nine different medications, prescription medications, three times a day and feeling so much worse than when I started. And so I slowly started taking back um, my power a little bit at a time, working on things that I could control in my own environment without, you know, a doctor's permission or help. So I was working on nutrition, what I was putting into my body, um, fitness, how I was moving my body, um, decreasing toxicity in my environment, the products I use in my home and, and on myself. Um, and eventually I had this conversation with my rheumatologist that led me to thinking, maybe I should step away from my job for a while and try and eliminate stress. And so I did that. I left, um, 
a 14 year career in classroom teaching. And I thought this will be the magic bullet, right? This will solve all my problems, eliminate all my stress, and I will get healthy finally. And it wasn't until I did that, that I found myself in this um, very unexpected, deep, dark, emotional place. And, and my work since then has been just like clawing myself out of that place uh, and, and doing everything I could to never go back. And so um, the surprising thing that happened was when I began to work on this more emotional side of myself, like figuring out how I got in, in those depths, um, I also began to feel positive physical effects in my body, like physical pain leaving my body. And so um, it just made it really clear how closely the two go together. Um, for me, it was repressed emotions and some, some trauma I had never dealt with. And finally dealing with that did um, start to help my, my physical health as well. So, so thank you, Debbie. The, the first part is, let's go to the source. So you've talked about autoimmune chronic illnesses. Can you shed a little, light, a little bit more light on, on what that was? And, you know, because uh, I mean, there are many people that may not even know <laughs> what that could be. You know, I mean, obviously, if you're in health, you probably know, but a lot of folks, you know, what does that mean? I mean, does sure. your immune system shut down? I mean, is it not working? Uh, and how does that even manifest, right? If yeah, so your, your, your background. Yeah, for me, um, there were whispers to things happening in my body for a long time, but finally what I couldn't ignore was physical pain. So I was active like a runner and I had to stop running. I had some severe soreness in my hip. Uh, after I would mow the lawn, um, I would have so much pain in my hands and wrists and elbows that I couldn't push a shopping cart in the store. After that, um, we like to hike and I just had a very painful hike coming down the mountain one day where, you know, I just, I didn't know how I was going to make it down. And so eventually what I learned about my own body is that I have um, something called mixed connective tissue disease. So this is like a, a crossover autoimmune disease, um, a mixture of lupus and something called relapsing polychondritis for me. And that specifically attacks cartilage, right? So when we're talking autoimmune diseases, we're talking about an immune system that is not functioning properly. So confused about what is healthy tissue and what is unhealthy tissue. And the immune system can be overactive and it can attack healthy tissue versus unhealthy tissue. And so for me, it had attacked the cartilage in my lungs specifically, um, which meant I have this severe, what was labeled severe collapse in my trachea and bronchioles when I breathe out. And the treatments for that were very, um, just not great, right? So it, it would require surgical intervention, like putting stents in my lungs to keep them open. And then eventually that leads to lots of not good things, infections and, and a lot of lung issues that you can't get over. And then um, just most recently, I was diagnosed with something called pulmonary hypertension, which is high blood pressure in the lungs, which causes heart failure fairly quickly. So these were the 
just like bleak prognosis diagnosis that I was presented with that um, really had me questioning my my life, my longevity, what, what I would look like in the future, you know, like working and living for someday for retirement and then starting to question like, will I even make it to retirement, let alone what will my body look like? Um, and so really just grasping at like one magic straw, one magic bullet after another, you know, trying to find what would, what would heal and what would solve those, those problems. So they, they, the doctors basically, once they give you a diagnosis, they give you medicine and some other options, surgical, you know, like the stents and things like that. Did you actually go through that with, you know, like for phase or, or you did not actually even entertain it? So, um, I went through so many tests and one of the tests was the one that showed that I have this severe collapse in my lungs. And it just so happened that, um, I was feeling really good at that time. Like I had been working a lot on healing, feeling better. Um, and I had just ran the day before, like a, a five mile run or something. And so I came out of that surgery and I had a pulmonologist who said like, this is the treatment for that. And I said, no way, you know, that doesn't even make sense. Um, so I ended up doing a lot of other tests. So one was like an exercise tolerance test. And for whatever reason, my body, uh, has adjusted to this collapse and functions okay without it at this time, without the stents. Um, and so that was definitely my first very scariest like diagnosis that really got me thinking like, what can I do to help prolong whatever health I have as long as I can? And fortunately, no, I haven't had to have stents placed in my lungs and my lungs allow me to you know, live a very active life at this point. That's great to hear. I mean, it's, it is, I mean, just hearing you talking about it and being so calm about it <laughs> is, is, a, is, is a strong message itself because I think, you know, a lot of us, if you hear something of that magnitude, you probably freak out. I mean, you're like, oh my God, it's over. And, um, you know, I mean, this happened years ago and you're here and you got all the best attitude about it. And you tell the story, you wrote a book about it and how to move away from, from all that negativity that, that may have happened at the in, onset of this whole, I guess, diagnosis. Now there was an emotional toll, I'm assuming that that took place initially and whether it's on you, your, 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 your family uh, and, and in your environment. So, so how, how did you manage all that? Certainly I, I hear what you're saying. Um, I don't always feel all put together and great, but I, um, I'm definitely at a different point now than I was when I was going through that. Right. There were plenty of moments that were freak out moments and, um, really questioning what, um, what life had in store for me, but ultimately, um, I, number one was faced with this decision of, do I want to live my life or do I want to spend my life like being a victim to this circumstance on the couch, laying here, not really living? I have two daughters. Um, and so many of my choices have been um, just for the health of this family, like trying to truly live, right? Um, and now at the point I am now, I look at this as um, like Ryan Holiday's The Obstacle is the Way. I don't know if you're familiar with that book, but uh, the obstacle in the path becomes the path. It's a stoic 
uh, quote, Stoic philosophy. And that's how I see this now. This obstacle really showed me the way to a deeper, fuller life that I am able to live now that I wouldn't have had this not happen. It had me questioning like my true values, my true desires, um, what I really had to do, how I had to show up in the world. Um, and, and it's really led to a whole other way of being for my husband and I, um, in a good way. And also it pointed right at this emotional stuff that I had never dealt with. Um, uh, in this really hopeless place I was in, right? I thought I had done everything that I could do that I knew to get better. And still I found myself um, in pain and sick and now just like very hopeless, um, thinking maybe it would be better if I was gone. And so just doing the work to get out of that place has um, relieved me of so much also, and brought me true health, you know, um, whereas I'm able to live my life the way I want to today. So it, it doesn't matter how many days I have when I can live the days that I do have as fully as I'm able. That so, was, so yeah, it's deep, actually. And, and <laughs> you know, I, I think for, for a lot of folks that are listening in or, or watching, you have to, to, to really to, to appreciate the magnitude here because. Sometimes when we face with the horrible and, and, and the worst nightmare, that's when we either make a stand or just collapse and it's over, right? And in your case, you did the first. You stood up and you know, no, it's not gonna go that way. I have a different plan here. <laughs> and you know, but it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of uh, you know, really will because and also a whole mindset change. I mean, we talked about mindset in a lot of different shows before. And that is, I think, the big, you know, dynamic here because changing the way you see things and the way you, you put yourself in a perspective can either impact you positive or negative. And you said it, it's a hurdle. Now we can just say, that's it. It's the end of the line. Or we can say, you know what, let's just reset ourselves with a whole new way of thinking and let's find out how I can beat this. Now you did beat it. And we, that the proof of it is today. <laughs> now, but what were the, the things that you, and, and just again, on that same note, that's the message for every one of us. I mean, Today is a beautiful day. Tomorrow, we don't know what's going to happen. And let's be prepared, no matter what happens, that we should be able to eventually take, you know, a, a positive spin on things. And yes, it's going to be rough. Uh, it could be financial. People go to financial hardship. COVID, you know, COVID-19, the pandemic has decimated a lot of households, a lot of families, a lot of folks, mentally, physically, financially. And, and, and a lot of people have been able to, to, to move out of it and, 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 and really succeed through it. But unfortunately, there are folks that may not have had the same outcome. Hopefully, listening to some of these, these messages from these shows can give you the strength. And, and if Debbie and any person that has the worst particular scenario where your life is at stake, you know, can survive it and, and, and make it through, we can do this. And that's if you think just that, that that's going to change the whole world. And I think that's a very strong, you know, piece to take from the show tonight and, and from Debbie's message. And potentially her book. <laughs> so, so Debbie, on that same note, you've healed yourself to a degree and, and you've managed to, to live, you know, healthier. You still do things. What were, what were the changes? What's the holistic, you know, approach that you took or holistic treatment for that matter that you took that made the difference? Yeah. Um, 
I mean, first of all, I don't want to be flippant, right? Because I hear you say these things and I certainly don't feel courageous most of the time. Um, but there, <laughs> yeah, there were definitely mindset shifts that had to happen to decide to live and build the life that I wanted to build, right? But there was a lot of ugly and and other things in between all of that. Um, and what I ultimately found when I dug into to my past through some somatic work. So I went to a chiropractor looking for another like superficial fix, although it was good. I, I needed, I thought I needed a probiotic because I was learning this relationship between our gut health and our overall health. And I was confused by like how many are out there on the market, the difference in prices, whatever. So I go to her and I say, I, I want a probiotic. Can you recommend a probiotic? And she kind of saw through that. And she, she um, suggested doing some energetic work and some somatic work. So like physically holding um, emotional pain in your body, kind of, that's what somatic means, some physical body work. Um, and I right away being a very pragmatic, like very like uh, Western medicine centered person went out looking for skeptics. And I went to my husband and I was like, she wants to do this. Is it crazy? I, I'm not going to go back, you know? And I went to a friend said the same thing. And they were both like, well, you've tried everything else. I don't know why you wouldn't try it. And so I went to her kind of just like checking boxes. Like, I'm going to say I did everything. Um, and over a few months after she did um, this work of where I was holding uh, like memories, emotional pain in my body and helping me release it, I started to feel some physical pain that I had been holding in my shoulders, um, in my thighs, leave my body, like lessen and eventually go away. I was doing all these other things at the same time, um, doing a lot of reading, like uh, learning about releasing shame from Brene Brown, reading Glennon Doyle, learning that like I had used perfectionism and people pleasing to, as a way to like never really deal with these issues from my past and also keep people at arm's length, right? Never be vulnerable enough to let them see the real me. And, and so I was meditating and journaling and doing all of this reading and working on all of that at the same time. And what I had realized is that the work that I had done to that point with food and exercise was all another thing to add to this um, coping mechanism of perfectionism that I had. So I was really um, working on my food until I was over controlling my food, probably to a very limiting extent. And then I was overdoing it with exercise, right? Like almost to a punishing extent. And so once I started working on this um, emotional side, the mind and the body at the same time, I slowly began to use those things in a loving way. So I can use food in a way to show love for my body in a healthy way, right? But not to like a limiting over controlling extent. And I can do the same thing with movement and exercise in a way that loves and cares for my body, not 
like punishing or hurting me. And so all of that kind of worked together and was happening all at the same time to help me get to the place where I could realize these unhealthy like coping mechanisms and why I had developed them and let go of them and be able to create this practice and routine that helps me uh, live in a much more aware and conscious place and act from that awareness and consciousness. I still have medical doctors, right? I still have to take a couple prescription medications. I'm grateful for that. That helps keep my immune system under control. Um, but also I can use all of these things to, to help care for and love my body and work toward healing. So, so you, there's, there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so you, you really kind of, gone through the motions and, and tested things and you had to really find that equilibrium that balance between the mind the body how to really properly use it the nutrition the physical aspect of things and you know really get that nice formula which is usually that's that's the sweet you know uh spot of how you get things done correctly and even uh, you know it doesn't matter what you do in life i mean we all are struggling with that every day mm -hmm. you know like to get that nice little you know uh frequency and and that sync right so so you were able to that. Now, how long did that take you to actually get to that, you know, nice level where you got it? Well, from the point where I found myself in this very dark, hopeless, uh, emotional state to feeling better and feeling like I understood myself and actually dealing with my past and releasing that trauma, um, not quick at all, you know, a couple years and actually writing the book was sort of a part of that healing process. And that took two years in and of itself, you know, from start to release. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a life's work. It, it definitely took years to get like this dialed in and, and to a place where I feel like I can, uh, have more control, more understanding, just loving myself and my body better. But the, the physical somatic work, I would say it was a matter of just months before I started to see some actual, um, like release in my body of that pain. You know, I couldn't really lift my arms above my shoulders at all. I couldn't do my hair. Um, and, and that, you know, was a pretty dramatic thing to realize, like I was able to begin having more movement and less pain. And that was more a matter of months, just that part. But there was more work to do after that, obviously, with dealing with all the stuff I had been denying. So would, so would you say today that you're, in terms of, of being 100%, how mm -hmm. close to the 100%? <laughs> that's a tough question <laughs> well again i know it's it's not yeah. the same but but yeah. in your mind like you know in terms of to get because we don't need 100 percent sometimes we just need enough to be there to do certain things right but no i get you, it you were there and, mm -hmm. i mean you are there today in a comfort zone so 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 what what is that percentage if you were to say well if i could just answer that really honestly i feel like um 
going through this and being open about it, finally, not like hiding it away, I realized just how many people are tired or burned out or sick or like searching for medical answers and not getting them. And it's a lot, you know, men, I'm sure too, but a lot of women speak to me because they feel comfortable. Um, and if I just put myself in that place, I am doing so well, you know, like my body does what I ask it to do. And I'm grateful for that. I feel good. I, I I don't really, you know, like I do still get like tests to check how things are going and my body's doing well. Um, in the same respect, like there's not a real way to regrow cartilage at this point. It's not like my body's going to start rebuilding that cartilage on its own. And so that's just something that my body has. And hopefully I can prolong the health of my supporting muscles and, and the rest of myself. So if I compare myself to all these people I know and see, I would definitely say 100%, but that's not fully accurate. Right. But, um, I feel good. My body does what I want it to. And what more could I ask of, you know, this vessel that's carrying me around? Well, the reason I ask that question, because we, we tend usually to compete with others at all times. Like they look great. They look this way. They look mm. the other way. It doesn't matter what other people look like. It's really, it's, it, that's why I said about the hundred percent because our hundred percent can vary. It's not safe. Oh yeah. And everybody's 100%, you know, should be theirs. And they don't have to really match it to somebody else because my body may not take the same challenge that somebody else, you know, will do. And so also with this age, there's so many things that apply to it. So so the reason I ask is because I want people to realize that, you know, it's high. And then you just answered it even better because, you know, sometimes we look at who is doing better. But we never look at who is doing worse. Mm. And, and sometimes actually they're probably more doing worse than better. And so... If you look at the skin of things, we're always going to be doing either, you know, less than some and better than some. And so finding that yeah. balance in the mind can also give you good, you know, possibilities. Uh, so I love that. Yeah, I appreciate you making that point because I, I, you know, talked a bit about that perfectionistic uh, coping mechanism that I've worked really hard to get past. But um all of what you just mentioned was tied up in that, right? Like weighing myself all the time, comparing the way my body looked to the way other people's body looks or looked or what my body does um, compared to theirs. And it's not that I don't ever go there anymore, but I'm more aware of it. And what I try to focus on all the time is how I feel, not how I look, right? Or how I feel, not how any how I compare to anyone else, but it's more about, does this make me feel good? Then that's great. You know, not like how much do I weigh or what does my butt look like or what does hers look like or anything like that. So. Well, I mean, remember in, in, especially today's, I mean, nowadays, I mean, with everything around us, it's all about, you know, there's certain almost stereotypes on how people should look, how should feel, how should dance and so on and so forth. And mm -hmm. we, we all kind of get that, that peer pressure type we all want to like almost mimic everything that is trendy, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe that is not the case. And sometimes when we go through tough times, you know, they realize, you know what, I don't have to do it. Now, if I can, that's going to be great. But, but I certainly, if I don't, that's okay too. And, you know, uh, we can talk about this in poverty. We can talk about it in, in knowledge. We can talk about stuff. Yes, we always seek better. Uh, and we always have to work towards better. 
but that you know at any given time your better is where you are i mean mm. that's, that's that day and then you'll work for the next one but if you literally won the world overnight it doesn't happen nothing happens overnight and you know and certainly sometimes you know i want to be a billionaire i'll probably you know that's a good wish but i gotta work a lot of time for it i may get lucky right a lot of people have you know wishes and dreams and i always support dreams and i always say from here you know if you have a dream go after it crazy as much but health is is probably we talked yesterday about time health and time those are things that you know probably you can give the world's money to just gain back if you can and mm-hmm. those are things that you lose all the time. Your health always deteriorate over time and your time is also dissipating <laughs> as it goes by. So, so you can only do the best you can to, uh, you know, in, in whatever time frame you have. Uh, so, so that's, that's an important, you know, element that I wanted to share. And that's why I kind of, you know, uh, pointed out, you know, the, the, that particular <laughs> question. It sounded weird in the, in the beginning, probably. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but so now, now Debbie, here's, here's a, Technical question, but it does relate to all this. So, so we talked about your way of doing things and your approach and your success. But again, you mentioned husband and kids. You know, so their role had to have you know some impact in in your healing process. Uh, their patience, their the support, all that stuff. You know, tell us a little bit about that because I'm sure that as you go through tough times, everybody's around you is going through the same thing and they have to cope just as, you know, equal or even sometimes more because they have to take some of, of the, your frustration. And so, so how did that go? Yeah. Uh, that's a big part of it. Right. Um, and me changing my way of being does affect them. Uh, and so I have to say with those relationships in my life, my husband and my daughters, those are the, the core relationships that I prioritize that are important to me. And so it meant I had to communicate with them much more clearly. I had to talk to them about things I had not talked to them about. Um, my daughters are and were very young when this started. Like it happened right after the birth of my second daughter. Um, and so they really haven't known a whole lot different, but, uh, just me becoming aware of my own, um, unconscious patterns, routines, ways of being, uh, meant I was able to hopefully break some cycles that were unconscious. And so at first my daughters were my only motivation for changing. Like I didn't find a worthiness in myself, but I, I knew I wanted to break cycles and not perpetuate any others for them. And so, um, I just started communicating really clearly with them, telling them stories and about myself that I had never shared before. Um, and then with my husband, it was the same sort of thing, but communicating really clearly what I needed, like this people pleasing part of me, um, meant that's what I did. Right. I, I tried to make everyone happy, um, as much as I could and not rock the boat and make myself look perfect and be perfect and never make a mistake. And so this was messy and it meant I finally had to say what I needed, what I wanted, and also communicate really clearly about, uh, what 
I had gone through that brought me to this point. And I'm really lucky that my husband came along with me. And it, it wasn't always easy. There were a lot of difficult conversations, but he supported me in that growth. And he grew along with me too. And so, um, yeah, those relationships are still evolving. And I'm still learning how uh, to mother and, and how much of this part of my health is a part of that. And, um, and I'm still learning, you know, how to show up in this relationship with my husband, but uh, there we're all growing and coming along together with each other. There were relationships in my life that stepped away because I started having boundaries where I didn't before. And that was fine. That's like welcomed in other people that do support me and my growth and healing and all of that. Um, not that it was easy, but those are parts of growth, right? Some people step out and it makes space for other people to step in. I don't know if I answered your question no, you uh, very succinctly, but. No, you did. And, and again, I mean, it's, it's never going to be easy for, for you, your family. And uh, good news is like to say, you said the, the baby was a baby. <laughs> And yeah. so they, they missed most of that. And at that age, you don't remember much of all, all the, the potential hard days that you've had to go through. Uh, obviously, the husband was there and, and stood by and, you know, still there and mm -hmm. still dealing with it and, and, and supporting. And that's always a great thing to hear. Uh, so, so that's for family. But now your career, you had to step out of it. I mean, I'm not sure if, have you gone back or, or are you, did you resume your, your teaching career path or, or no, you just moved on completely? Yeah. I, I walked away from my job. Like I said, thinking like, oh, this will eliminate all of my stress. Uh, teaching is a very stressful job. There's a lot of cumbersome aspects to it. Um, and so I'm not diminishing that in any way, but what I learned was the stress was inside me. It was my response to these outside things. It wasn't necessarily that job. So I left and I learned I could make anything stressful if I wanted to. So I had to learn to uh, be aware of and control that stress response or deal with it in a healthy way. And no, I have not gone back to teaching. Um, walking away from teaching allowed us to create some passive income um, so that I, it's not necessary for me to go back um, unless I just wanted to. And it's allowed me to show up in the world in a whole other way, you know, writing this book. Um, we, we have a podcast and some other things as well. And so, yeah, I am grateful for that time in my life. And now I'm grateful for where uh, you know, my health has led us so that we can show up in this way in the world now. That's great to hear. And now let's talk about that book. Oh, so, sure. So, so, so that's, that's the key element here. <laughs> so, so, so your, your experience, your journey, I mean, how did that even start? Did you just think about, like, let me just write it up in a book or, or somebody kind of give you that, 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 that's why, like, hey, why don't you write a book about this? How did that all you know, happen. Yeah. Um, you know, like I mentioned before, all of these things were going on at the same time, kind of serendipitously. Um, and I, as I was reading those other authors and going to the chiropractor and doing the somatic work and learning to meditate, I also read a book about, um, the research about journaling to heal and, um, like how dramatic 
those effects are. And it was the first time I had read about repressed emotions or repressed trauma, creating physical illness in your body. So heart disease, lung disease, um, it kind of affirmed that for me. Whereas I, I never put those two things together. I thought when a doctor said like, maybe you should eliminate stress. It was like, she's saying it's all in my head or whatever, you know? And then I read a couple of other books by a couple of other doctors, one called when the body says no by Gabor Mate and another called, um, the body keeps the score by Bessel van der Kolk. And they talk about this relationship between trauma, repressed emotions, certain personality types, and what that does to our nervous system. And the, the chronic effects of those of that nervous system response, right? The, the hormones and chemicals our body is releasing when we're in this fight or flight mode, so often leads to chronic illness, chronic stress in the body, physical diseases. And so at first, it was just like, trying to heal and release that from my body. And it turned into the story of healing and to hopefully being able to help bring other people along in that healing and allow them to heal also um, in whatever way, whatever they might be able to glean from it. Um, it just developed that way. And then it felt like this was something I needed to take forward and, and really make something out of. So and you started the book. And about two years later, they worked out. <laughs> now, yeah. now, now, did you ever hear any from anyone that actually potentially read your book and, and had an impact uh, or changed their life because of reading your book? Oh, wouldn't that be something? Uh, it's really it new be. in the world. Yeah, it's really new. So it just came out February 1st. And I've heard a lot of great, nice things from people about the book. Um, kind of like, oh, I didn't ever realize that this was showing up in my life, or I never put these two things together. Um, but yeah, I mean, that is the supreme hope, right? Like this writing this book really helped me. I know that I've benefited from it. And if it could help someone else, that would be great. Um, it's just such a baby right now that I'm getting so, so much good support, nice feedback. Um, as far as someone healing or a dramatic um, change has yet to come. I think. It will be. Oh. We have to believe in that, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, again, it, it's the same way you've read books and, and you went through the journal and you've, you've picked up things that helped you and got you to where you are today. I'm sure that particular book, and I think that's the cycle of life, right? We all learn from one thing and from others and it leads to something that we create and then somebody takes that and picks that on. And so it's like almost like a handing a baton to the next runner mm. and then go. And so that's the cycle, right? I, I, I'm, I'm very hopeful that, you know, the message that, that we are sharing today is also contained in the book and it will, you know, hopefully go viral. And, you know, yes, for those that are listening and, 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 and watching today or later, please feel free to check out the book. Um, and, you know, again, it's, you probably hear the story here, but I'm sure there's more details <laughs> that we're not covering on the podcast and, and the show here. Uh, also, yes, I think the podcast, uh, you do have a podcast, uh, uh, I guess that you do like weekly, monthly, how, how is your working? Yeah. So I should say the name of the book is The Other Side of Perfect, Discovering the Mind-Body Connection to Healing Chronic Illness. Well, I couldn't do it at all. I know. It's long, uh, but the subtitle's kind of important, so I made sure to include it. Um, 
our podcast is an extension of something my husband and I have created together called Go Bucket Yourself. And the podcast is called One Life Live It. It's also a little baby podcast. Like we just are wrapping up our second season. Uh, We'll be starting our third season soon. And it's, it's about empowering people to live their life for today, not someday, not put things off, but begin taking steps. You alluded to this so well that like all we can really do is take one small step at a time. And so everything we do at Go Bucket Yourself is to empower people to really get clear about what they value, what's important to them, and then start taking one small step at a time to build the life they want uh, for themselves. They're one unique life, right? Well, it is, it is interesting because a lot of folks would probably live their life, you know, uh, especially when you're young, right? I mean, I, I, I realize it myself. I mean, I've changed a lot, you know, my own personality has changed over time. And as you, I guess, mature a little bit, <laughs> you start, you know, evaluating things in your life and check in, you know, you have your check marks, like, whoa, what, what happened here? And you kind of reset some things. But then when you realize time flies, and it goes quick. And then there are things that you probably took for granted, you know, years back that mm-hmm. you would not take for granted. Like today for me personally, and I, again, I share this with the public is that every day is a great day and you have to maximize it and you got to do things. Uh, and whatever your dreams are, whatever, you know, there's, there's, a, there's an expiration date on that and you got to work on it. And, and so, so that is important to realize that, you know, don't take things for granted, you know, health, money, it can come, it can go. And people, you know, with a lot of money can lose their health. And sometimes you can have all the, all, all, you can be healthy, but you don't have money. So, so a lot of things can be, you know, can happen overnight and whatever it is, you got to live and you got to enjoy because you don't know what tomorrow brings. Hopefully the best and, you know, great stuff, but we only have today to worry about right now. And then tomorrow's going to happen. Now I would say also, you can always plan. Planning is key. You can't just, you know, let things happen. You got to set goals you know, I guess short-term, long-term and, and work towards them. That's fine. But at the same time, you got to maximize the opportunities. Don't waste your minutes. They're very valuable. And when you're in, in the twenties and the thirties, anyone that's listening, they probably, you know, life, you know, is going to last forever. And then all of a sudden you hear like, in my case, you hit the forties and you're getting close to the fifties, if not, the, and you know, boom, whoops, what happened? Half a century is gone. And so, so it's, it's a big, you know, it's a big deal. And then in, in, the, in your case, for example, the health piece, you know, when you get really hit with reality that, especially when they give you diagnosis, like it's, this is going to be bad. And really, and I know when in medicine, I mean, you know, as much as they do a good <laughs> bedside manner, they'll tell you the truth. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and it's, it's really what it is. You just have to live with it and they kind of set you up a little bit to it, but it is brutal and it is crashing. And, and again, some people are just like, oops, or, or they can do, Pull up a divvy, <laughs> mm-hmm. make, make a divvy deal here and stand up to it and make it happen. So, so it is important. So I think the podcast that you just mentioned it, uh, is worth listening to, worth checking out. Uh, it, it, every single thing that we're talking about here, uh, for everyone listening and watching, you should really just take a couple of things here and just evaluate them for yourself. Check in, you know, see if anything here relates to your life today, before, to someone around you. And then maybe make some adjustments and, and things will happen. Uh, you talked about holistic, you know, uh, review of things, you know, and, and that is a big deal. Some people may not even believe that exists or that it works. You said mm-hmm. it yourself, skeptics, right? Everybody's going, ah, forget about it. 
you know, take 20 pills, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, and there's also the power of the mind, right? So, so there's that, that piece as well. If your mind thinks it, it makes it real. And so if you believe in something and you work towards it, you probably get, you know, the outcome. But it's, it's a lot of stuff that, you know, at least I enjoy these conversations because I can see, I, it, it actually also gives me a little bit of a vibe. I get some, some, some nice energy from it. <laughs> so oh, that, that energy actually drives to, to everybody, everyone that listens or hears this. But um, that's all there is. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, there are experiences in life. And, you know, sometimes other people's experience should be lessons for us. Uh, you know, just because they've experienced something that doesn't mean we might not. And sometimes we all think, oh, it only happens to you, it will never happen to me, but it can happen to anyone. So any any of us mm-hmm. is potentially a target when it happens to, to things in life. I mean, this last year was a very good example. I stated it many times. Who had no, who would have thought that the world's going to, you know, almost end <laughs> or stop <laughs> and, you know, many lives lost, you know, all of a sudden healthy ones, you know, that they never thought that, oh my God, you know, I mean, look, in your case, you were given the diagnosis, your lungs were not, you know, functioning correctly, whatever you had, yet you were able to turn it around. And people that had the best lungs, the best everything, and overnight, we hear stories all the time, and they're, they're really sad stories, and they're very, very, like, you know, emotionally, you know, driven, but it is what life is about. And so taking some of the positive feedback here, that, you know what, enjoy the day, always be positive, and, and, and that's another power of positivity. Because I think that makes a whole different, you know, uh, aspect of life. Because if you're mm-hmm. not, if you're negative, everything around you will probably be bad. And you will tend to actually somehow navigate towards the bad. And if you have positive thinking, and you see a positive outcome, somehow it manifests. And then again, I've tried it personally. It works for me. And I know everyone that I talk to that's positive, you know, shares exactly the same feelings. Again, this is not about me. This is about Debbie's show. But <laughs> really, this is what I'm getting from this. And again, I want to reiterate that to everyone listening, that if it happens here to Debbie, it can happen to anyone. And we, and if it happens to Debbie and she's able to get out of it and make the best out of it, we can do it to any one of us that's listening or watching. So, so one last item. What would you, you know, because I don't want to be the last one giving that advice. I want you to give me that advice. <laughs> So, so what will be your advice, you know, from this platform right now to folks listening? In? Well, I mean, we all have a unique set of circumstances and ways that we've dealt with life and got to the point that we are now, right? And so um, I think that we'll probably all need a unique set of of skills or things to get through that and to where we want to go. And so I think the first step for me is awareness, right? So just being the noticer of the thought patterns, the stories we tell ourselves, the routines, without judgment, just noticing what's going on in our mind, what the stories are, and what behavior patterns come out of that. Um, And And once there's that awareness there, we can detach from things uh, that aren't true and we can write new stories that we, that we desire for ourselves. Right. So for me, it was um, a lot like, I am not my body. I am not my pain. I am not my illness or my diagnosis. Um, And getting clear about our values and what we want out of life, it may be, I am not my house, I am not my car, I am not 
how much money I have in the bank. Um, so first, just awareness of the things that we're saying to ourselves that our mind is saying and wants us to believe and then being able to detach from those allows us to like consciously come to a place of like you said uh where do i want to be in the future so that then we can back it up and just focus on the one next step to get there and then the one next step after that but i think we can't do that without bringing awareness to to our our patterns and routines and being able to detach from those so that we can um, write better stories, write the story that we want to hear for ourselves. I'm not going to top that. <laughs> I, I think that summarizes the, the message that we wanted to actually share tonight. Uh, Debbie, thank you. Thank you. Thank you um, for being with us and sharing your story and your success, real success. And um, for the book, uh, it is available, I think, on Amazon, eBay. Um, you will have a description for the book and also the podcast on the description of the show. So check it out, you know, and uh, give her some love. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I think I think it's it's worthy of, of, of taking some elements from that book and, and maybe applying in our life or maybe even sometimes, sometimes helping others with that content, you know, the content that we will be able to take from it. So that being said, uh, thank you for watching on the iHealth channel, Fit and Fab channel and listening to iHealth Radio. Debbie, thank you very much. We'll be talking tomorrow for another unique show and more co cool stuff and good stuff. <laughs> Talk to you later.